You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Good morning. Went back to 57, then went back to 60. We were going to give you one more minute, but we thought, you know what? No, we'll be the Grinch about it. It's almost Christmas, so we won't give you one, anything more than one minute to fellowship. It's strange. Once the lights go on, you're kind of almost Christmas, aren't you? No? Do you don't think so? Well, I'm going to take a little bit of a liberty, and I'm going to look at a passage of Scripture this morning that is from early, the early part of Luke's Gospel. And I want to look at, and I want to do something this morning, and that is to compare the lots of two people, or compare the experiences of two people. Now, in doing this, I'm going to read a good number of verses, so I hope you're up for a little bit of reading this morning. But in total, it only takes about a minute to read all the verses, and then we're going to look at what God's Word has to say to us this morning. I'm talking this morning, I've called it a matter of time. A matter of time. Sometimes our heads can get a bit swimmy about time. Everything can feel very urgent. Everything, some things can feel very delayed. Our sense of time is a very strange thing. It could depend very much on our circumstances. You know what they say? Time flies when you're having fun. When things, good things are happening, time seems to really rush by. But when you're in the middle of a struggle, time seems to go on forever. Is that me? But sometimes time, we've got a funny sense of time. When we're waiting for something, time seems to go on forever. But when we're in the middle of something that's really good, time seems to be so short. And we don't, human beings are not very good at managing time. And I want to look this morning at just a matter of time. And I'm not talking about the time of your life, but I want to look at something that happened in time that's really, really important and something that we need, that we can learn from at this current time. I'm looking at Luke's gospel, verses 8 to 6 to 38, but I am abridging a lot of it. So we won't be reading every verse in that passage, but I'm abridging it. I want to compare the experiences of two women. One is a woman called Mary, whom you will have heard of. We're talking about the mother of Jesus Christ here. And the other woman is a woman called Elizabeth, who was the wife of Zechariah, who was the mother of John the Baptist. We're going to look at those stories in just a second. But I want to go back one step further and say this. When we read the Gospel of Luke, when we read the Gospels at the start about the birth of Jesus, what we're experiencing is the beginning of the voice of God coming after a long, long silence. The silence is 400 years long. It's 400 years since the last prophet, Malachi, was writing to the people, the post-exilic Jews who'd just come back from Babylon. It's 400 years since the voice of God was heard. It was 400 years since there were any miracles and 500 years since there was a series of miracles. So in this current time, when we come and we look at this passage of scripture this morning, you need to remember that God wasn't speaking. Miracles weren't happening. Angels weren't appearing. And if you will, if you look at your life, when something sudden, strange, unusual that hasn't heard of for a long time happens, it can have a bit of a a surprising effect on your life. I want to look, first of all, at Elizabeth's story. When we read Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, we discover something about Elizabeth. There's something interesting in the narratives as we read them. And I'm going to pray as we begin. Lord, I pray, as we look at your word this morning, that you would speak to us. Lord, as we look at the lives of faithful people who loved you and honored you and serve you, I pray, Lord, that we ourselves will be inspired to do the same, Lord, to love you, to honor you, to serve you, Lord, to see your miracle working power at work in our lives. Would anyone say amen? Because you know what? Every one of us needs a miracle. Anybody here not need a miracle? You're on your own. 
Elizabeth's story, let's pick up the story. Fabulous story. If you haven't read it before, Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, it goes like this. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. They were careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. While Zechariah was in the temple sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. Put yourself into the situation. You're Zechariah. Angel appears. Nobody's heard of angels appearing for hundreds and hundreds of years. And an angel appears to him. And the poor man nearly dies of fright. He's overwhelmed with fear. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, a very good question. How can I be sure that this is going to happen? I'm an old fella. And my wife is also well along in years. Which is the polite way of saying, she's bait. The poor woman is exhausted. She's aged and infirm. Some people think there's a possibility at this stage that Elizabeth was in her mid-60s and maybe even her 70s. What? I mean, how is this possibly going to happen? And the other thing that's going on is that Zechariah is going, how can this possibly happen? I wanted this all of my life and now you're telling me it's going to happen when I'm too tired and too exhausted and too able for it to happen? How can I be sure? I love the response. The angel said, the angel says, I'm Gabriel. I'm Gabriel. Like, we didn't send just an average angel to talk to you, Zechariah. We didn't get a second ranker or a cadet or private angel number 167. I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. An angel appears to him and tells him that an old fella, God bless you, Zechariah, getting ready for retirement, is going to be told that he's about to have a baby. No, here's the problem, and here's the insight that needs to be brought to this. In the context, in the historical and religious context, for a, for a couple like this to not have a child was a huge social stigma. Because it was considered to be somehow the disfavor of God. Because when they read the Tanakh, the, the, the Jewish Old Testament, they saw that children were a blessing of the Lord. And that the righteous would flourish and they would see their children's children. But they also read stories of the likes of Michal, David's daughter, or David's wife, whose womb literally dried up because she cursed David. And they saw how people weren't able to have children because God's disfavor was upon them. And so all the time that Zechariah and Elizabeth went around their business, there was kind of like a question mark over them. What is it about Zechariah and Elizabeth that isn't quite right that they're not having children? And so this shadow was over them everywhere they went. Now, if you think that this is a fantastical idea, that an old man and an old woman should have a child, well, let me, let, let me give you something that you might have heard of from earlier this year. Back in September this year, something very interesting happened. 
On the screen is a picture of, and I'm going to try my best to pronounce these names. The woman on the screen here, her name is Mangayama Yaramati. She's 74 years of age. Her husband, Sitrama Rajaro, is 82 years of age, and they live in Andhra Pradesh in India. And in September of this year, the 74-year-old woman and the 82-year-old man had twins. Tom's reaction is my favorite reaction. They had twins. And it wasn't, I've got 20 children, let's have more. She had her first child at the age of 74. And she had two of them at the one time. You might as well do it, you know, if you're in, you're in late, you might as well get it done. (laughs) Having a child at any age, I'm told, I've never had one. I've seen it. I'm not having children. You're fine. They say that, that, that I heard an obstetrician being asked on the radio, how many is the optimum number of children for a woman to have? And he said, you can have as many as you like so long as you don't have your first one. Because the first one is the one that does all the damage. Here's a woman at the age of 74 and her husband is 82. And I got to say, for the what it's worth, I think his expression says it all. See it? You see, that's what I would look like if Elma came home and said, Great news, I'm pregnant! (laughs) I'm 82, what am I doing? She's 74 and as you can see, they're just overjoyed at this news. Let's be straight about it. It's too late, Zechariah. It's too late, Anna or Elizabeth. Give it up. Just give it up. It's too late. What are you doing? Wishing for this. And I guarantee you this. They had given up. They'd given up. God hasn't heard my prayer. And I love it. It says, the angel comes to Zechariah and says to him, the Lord has heard your prayer. You have my personal guarantee, personal guarantee that they stopped praying that prayer a long time ago. They weren't expecting something amazing like a miracle, a child being born to a woman who was almost 70 years of age. They weren't expecting that. They'd given up. I would have given up. You probably have given up. And yet the Lord says, your prayer has been heard. Brothers and sisters, when we pray, our prayer has life in it. It has legs in it. It stays. It preserves. We should continue to pray, yes, but sometimes there are things in which we give up praying for. It doesn't mean that the prayer is not answered. It doesn't mean that God has stopped working. Let me compare the lot of Elizabeth and Zechariah to the lot of another girl. And the, co- and, the, and the story is told in the same passage in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. And that's the story of a girl called Mary. Here we go. Let's dive into the verses here. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent his angel Gabriel again, sent the top man to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Remember, no voice of God for 400 years. No angels. No miracles. Then suddenly, one day, an angel appears to her and says, Greetings, favored woman. And you kind of think to yourself that her response is like, What what do you mean like favored? Like, Can you be more specific about that? Like, Greetings, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. See that? The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. 
The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. Hashtag good question. See, Mary, she may have been young, probably an early teenager, 13 or 14 years of age, possibly. She did know about biology, and she did know how things happened. And most of the people around her knew how things happened, that you didn't have babies from kissing boys. You know what I'm saying? How can this happen? Good question. And then she gets her answer. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more? Your relative has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. It will never fail. Get it into your hearts and souls. Has God spoken to you? The word of God will never fail. And I love the idea. Here's these two women effectively undergoing a kind of a pregnancy test, if you'll pardon the pun. They're both, they're both being tested by this pregnancy. But when you read the narrative, there's something amazing happens in it. When you read the original narrative, when you read it in Luke's gospel, there is an incredible parallel between the two stories. So it goes like this. Both, in, both, in both stories, we're introduced to the parents. In both stories, we are introduced to the problem with childbearing. Mary is a virgin, Elizabeth is barren. The same angel, or I should say infertile, barren is the wrong word to use. Same, the same angel appears to both of them. Gabriel appears in both situations. Both of them are shocked. The Lord says to both of them and says to us this morning, do not be afraid. They're both given the promise of a son. They're both given a name for their son. Elizabeth is told, or Zechariah is told his son will be called John. Mary is told his son will be called Jesus. Both are given incredible descriptors of what their son will be like. And both are told, your son will be great. And I don't mean that in the Donald Trump sense. Both are confused in their reaction. And both are given a sign. You see... The incredible symmetry of this story kind of speaks to the way that God's word speaks equally to all of us. And yet the difference between how it works out in our lives is us. God's word, his written word, is the same to everyone inside in this room. His way of salvation is the same to everyone inside in this room. The way of his moving by the Holy Spirit is the same to everyone inside in this room. It's available to everyone. And so we all have a parallel experience in some senses. But in other senses, we have an incredibly differing experience of what God is doing. And you see, while both of these women experience an incredible, while both of these families, I should say, experience an incredible visitation and have such incredible parallels, both will have a son who will be great, named John, named Jesus, that they will be great in the eyes of the Lord, that they will be rejoicing at their birth. Both of their experiences, however, are actually quite different. And this is where the rubber hits the road for many of our lives. And I think where the rubber hit the road for Mary and for Elizabeth. You see, if you were looking on from the outside at, this, at these two people, or you were living on the inside of their experiences, you would know that what's working out here is going to be very, very different for the two of them. 
let's just compare a couple of things about them. I should say contrast a couple of things for them. Mary is too young to have children. Elizabeth is just too old to have children. Hallelujah. God is on the move, you might say. For Mary, this call of service to God is way too early. For Elizabeth, it feels like it's way too late. I mean, she's an old woman now. She, can't, she won't live to see this child grow up and become a man. It feels like it's too late. In Mary's case, she hasn't asked for this blessing at all. Do you know those blessings you get in your life that you didn't ask for? And people say, well, do you know, it's just a blessing from the Lord. And you can think to yourself, I wish he'd kept it. Do you know those kind of blessings? In Elizabeth's case, she longed for this child. And do you know what Elizabeth experienced year after year? What the proverb says, a hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. She was sick with disappointment. Year after year of longing to have a child. And she gets disappointed. And she's been longing for this. But in Mary's case, it was like, uh, you're okay. I need to get married first. She wasn't looking for this and certainly wasn't expecting this. For Mary, a cloud descends on her life. Both literally, the Holy Spirit overshadows her, but perhaps more socially. She's a young woman who isn't married and she's pregnant. And she's made up a story about an angel coming to visit her. Yeah, thanks for that, Mary. We, we, we'll buy that story off you. No problem. Daily Mirror headline. If a girl came in here this morning and she was 15 years of age and heavily pregnant, and she said, this is an immaculate conception. I am pregnant. I've had no contact with a man, and I'm just miraculously pregnant. How many of us here would believe her? That's what I think, too. So for Mary, socially, spiritually even, amongst her clan and her people, I guarantee you a cloud descends upon her. Even Joseph, the guy who was going to marry her, it says in Matthew's gospel that he was kind of going to get rid of her on the quiet. And I don't mean get rid of her in the mafia sense, but he was going to get rid of her in that he wasn't going to marry her. He was going to divorce her. He was already betrothed to be married to her, and he was going to divorce her on the quiet to save her shame because Joseph was a decent guy. He wasn't going to publicly expose her. Even her own fiancé kind of went, ah, come here, Mary. But for Elizabeth, a cloud lifts. In actual fact, it says in Luke's gospel, chapter 1, when Elizabeth rejoices over this, she says, the Lord has lifted from me the disgrace of having no children. A cloud that was over her, a cloud of social doubt that was around her, actually gets lifted because she gets pregnant. People go, oh wow, my goodness, look what God is doing in Elizabeth's life, in Mary's life. Most people question it. What? You're, you're what? You're kidding me. And it actually records that when Elizabeth was having her child, it says all of the townsfolk came and gathered around and everyone rejoiced with her. I'm so delighted for you, Elizabeth. Come over here, Zachariah, give me a hug, your big lug. They were delighted for them. They said, Elizabeth, I was going to bring you flowers, but it's the middle of the summer and never thought the flowers apart. Like I was, I'm so delighted for you. Everybody rejoiced. Hallelujah. Look what's after happening to Elizabeth. Did you hear about Mary? The one above in Galilee? <sighs> Unbelievable, boy. 
unbelievable. And she's telling everyone that what's going on in her is of the Lord. For Mary, everyone must have concluded, in my opinion, it must be a sin. She must have done something, lads. I'm not a fool. I didn't come down in the last shower, Mary. There must have been something going on. A little bit of a, let's not mention you know what to you know who about, yeah? But in the case of Elizabeth, everybody acknowledges. Sure, it must be a miracle. How else could it happen? It must have been a miraculous event. Now, I want you to think about your life just for a second. Come away from their lives and think about your life. You see, when God moves, people respond to something that happens in your life. To some of you, when you became Christians, a lot of people kind of went, eh, I'm a Christian. Nah. People probably questioned it. For some of you, your translation in your life was so amazing that everybody rejoiced and said, look what's after happening to Jerry. If Jerry, my apologies, you get picked on again. Boy. Look what's after happening to Jerry. His life is transformed. Hallelujah. And so for all of these, we have experiences that people can interpret or misinterpret as they choose or as they please. For these two women, God was at work. These are both miracles. This is the power of God advancing after 400 years of silence. This was the coming and the bringing of the Messiah, regardless of the circumstances that either of them were in, whether it was too early or it was too late, whether they were too old or whether they were too young. You see, God is at work and he is working out his timing in your life and in my life. God is a fantastic timekeeper, in fact. You know what Paul writes in Galatians? A very simple note about God's timing he says this but when the right time came God sent his son born of a woman the time was right for God to move and you know it's a good thing to be able to say Lord I want your timing in my life does anybody here want God's timing in their lives I don't want to come to me too soon what God doesn't want to come to me too soon I don't want to come to me too late. What God doesn't want to me to come to too late. I don't want to turn my hand and become God's servant too late. But you know something? I have to say in God's, in God's economy, God, he's never too early. He's never too early. He never shows up in your life too early. I'll tell you something else. It's never too early to start serving God either. Would anyone say Amen. It's never too early to see the work of God being worked out in your life. It's never too early. Never too early. Never too early to experience the salvation of God in your life or in your home. God is never too early. And the good news as well, of course, is that he's never too late. He's never too late. Brothers and sisters, can I say it to you? If you look at the earlies and the lates in the Bible, there are loads of people who started off too early. David, he was too young. He was just a runt of the litter. And yet he grew up to be a great king. And then there were other people who were way too old. Moses is 80. Abraham is in his 90s. Here we go, Elizabeth and Zechariah, possibly in their late 60s, their early 70s. And here you have God at work, and it is never too early, and it is never too late for God to get to work. But I want to take it one step further. It's also never too late and never too early to be used by God to begin serving. Do you know what? It's never too too late and it's never too early to do the right thing. Never. Never. Never too late to do the right thing. And I'll tell you another thing. It's never too late to start again. Would anyone say amen? Amen. It's never too late to start again. The question for us is what will our response be for when God, God 
uh, moves in our lives. What will our response be when we hear the call of God? We hear the voice of God. You know, Tom was talking about negative voices. He was talking about negative voices and people knowing the power of God in their lives. Here is Mary. She had, I guarantee you, okay, you may not be able to say, I'll want chapter and verse, brother. Yeah, I won't find you the chapter and verse, but I guarantee you in that context, Mary had a lot of people whispering about her. We're saying a lot of negative things about her, but the power of God was at work in her. And when the power of God moves, you're going to have skeptics and cynics and rejoicers. That's what you're going to have. Some people say hallelujah. Other people go, oh yeah, did you? The question for us is this. When we hear the voice of God, whether he's calling us to serve him, whether he is blessing us, whether he is challenging us to do the right thing or to get back into the fight or start again, what will our response be? Will our response be that of Mary when she said, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. The word of the Lord Never fails, the angel Gabriel said. And for many of us here, there has been a word of the Lord for you, for your family, for your situation, for your circumstances, for your home. There has been a word of the Lord for your situation. I want us to pray this morning. I want us to pray this morning. I want to ask you a simple question. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for God to move in your life in a new way? How's about we pray that we say, Lord, I'm here, would you use me? That okay? That okay, prayer to pray? Will you stand with me? I'm going to get the band up. Guys, we're going to sing Waymaker. Because you know what? There are some people here this morning, you've been holding out for a miracle. You've been holding out for a breakthrough. And I want to pray. I want us to declare this morning that we're trusting in God's timing. Would anyone say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Let's just, the guys are going to brew up the song. They're going to sing Waymaker. And what we're going to sing is we're going to sing the bridge in it, which says, you never stop working. Hallelujah. He never stops working. Even when we've stopped praying, he never stops working. Would anyone say amen? Even when we don't see it, he's working. When you don't see it in your family, he's working. When you don't see it in your office, he's working. When you don't see it in your home, he's working. Hallelujah. God is at work. Let's close our eyes. Let's close our eyes. If you don't see it, you're working. Hallelujah. Never stop, never stop working. Never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Feel it, you're working. Never stop, never stop working. Never stop, never stop working. Lord this morning. If you're waiting on the Lord's timing this morning, 
for a breakthrough in your life. It may be in your family, it may be in your home, it may be in your relationships, it may be in your finances, your economy. If that's you this morning, if you're waiting for the Lord's time, you're waiting for that breakthrough, will you raise your hand? I see your hands. If you're here to say this morning, Lord, whether it's too early or too late, it's never too early or too late for you. Whether it's too early or too late for me, it's never too early or too late for you. Here I am, Lord, use me. If that's your prayer, will you raise your hand? We're going to sing Waymaker, Miracle Worker because he still is working his miracles. I'm going to invite you to come to the front. We're going to pray briefly before we close our meeting this morning as we sing Waymaker, Miracle Worker. Let's take our first steps of faith forward and say, Lord, I'm waiting on your timing. I want to declare this morning, Lord, I'm waiting on your timing to bring it to pass in my life. Let's sing Waymaker. Let's come to the front. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. You know, in this story, in this narrative, and I, I couldn't go into all of it this morning, there's something interesting happens that you read time after time after time. First of all, you read that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. That the baby in her womb was filled with the Holy Spirit. We read that the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. And of course, we know that the Holy Spirit appeared on Jesus and he was empowered by the Holy Spirit as he ministered in his earthly life. I want to pray this morning that we would know the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. We would know the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that presence would be bringing a breakthrough in our lives. If you're timing, if you're waiting on the Lord to move in your life, you're waiting on that miracle, you're waiting on that situation to open, you're waiting on that situation to change, will you raise your hands before heaven this morning? We're going to pray for that first. Lord Jesus, will you raise them high before the Lord? You know your situation. Lord, I thank you this morning. You are never too early and you're never too late. Would anyone say amen? Lord, I thank you this morning that we can depend upon our God who made the universe, who put everything in perfect time and sequence and situation, Lord. And as we look at the lives of these faithful people who were unexpected, Lord, who unexpectedly experienced your power, Lord, I pray that we would experience your power in our situations. Would anyone say amen? Lord, I pray for breakthroughs in health. Lord, I pray for breakthroughs in home and relationships. We pray for breakthroughs in salvation. Would anyone say amen? Lord God, for long-held longings, Lord. Lord, we pray that you would do two things. Lord, first we pray that you would do the expected thing. Would anyone say amen? The thing that we are expecting and waiting on. But Lord, moreover, we stand here as your people. And Lord, we declare like Mary, let it happen to us just as you have said. Lord, I pray this morning that we would experience the unexpected in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray unexpected blessings, unexpected openings, unexpected breakthroughs, unexpected visitations, unexpected visitations of your angels into our reality, Lord. Whether we see them or we don't see them, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that we would have unexpected visitations, Lord. 
Because the scripture says some of us have entertained angels without even knowing it. Lord, I pray that we've had an unexpected visitation of your spirit in our situations, Lord. Empower us, we pray. If you're here to say, Lord, I'm willing, would you use me? Would you use me? If that's your prayer, would you raise your hands? Lord, would you use me to serve you? Would you use me to advance your kingdom? Do you know, the good thing about that prayer is, when we pray that prayer, God always grants his power. Paul says he gives us both the will and the power to do what pleases him. Let's pray. Let's raise our hands high before the Lord. Lord, we stand here as your people, as your servants. And our prayer is really simple. Lord, will you use us to advance your kingdom? Would anyone say amen? amen. Use us to bring your good news. Use us to declare the goodness of God in the land of the living, Lord Jesus. Use our lives as an example. Lord, I pray you would clothe us with courage and power. Would anyone say amen? amen. Lord, I pray we would have the courage to stand up even when people criticize us or doubt us or say evil things about us, Lord God. I pray that we would rejoice and be glad for great is our reward in heaven. Lord, I pray this coming week that we would experience and encounter your presence in a brand new way, Lord. Do the unexpected, Lord Jesus, I pray, as we go into this coming week. Praise God. The Holy Spirit is saying to me that someone is confused here right now because people are no longer in your life. Someone has gone or some people have gone. And the Holy Spirit wants to give you a word of revelation. So if there's someone here, up here or down there, and you're trying to make out why are those people no longer in my life or in my situation, God wants to speak to you. Could you lift up your hand if that's you? Okay. Can I ask you guys to come forward? Are you finished? Okay. Can the other people go back to your seats? Just stay standing for our final minutes. I just want to pray into your lives, guys. Maybe the prayer and care team could put their hands on these guys' shoulders up at the top. Hallelujah. Could you lift your hands, brothers and sisters? And can I ask you and encourage you in the, in the congregation, just lift a hand forward to pray for our brothers and sisters. Jesus, some of us here are struggling with death, with relationship breakdown, with loved ones who have moved away. And we know right now, oh God, that there can be a desperate loneliness and a heartache. And Heavenly Father, we can't make sense of it. So for our brothers and sisters here, we pray you would give them a revelation of what you're doing in their lives. And we ask you, God, that it would begin to make sense spiritually, if not naturally. Come, Holy Spirit, and begin to move in power and in might and you have wept and you have wondered and you have questioned why again and again have you seen people go and even though Satan has been hard at work I am turning your heartache into a blessing says the Lord and you will find that even though your heart is broken and even though others seem to have gone that it is as if a clearing has come in a dense forest and where once it was difficult to see 
this coming season in your life says the Lord will be a season of deep spirituality this will be a season where you will become a spiritual giant says the Lord your God because for the first time in your life you will begin to see light shining into areas of your life you've never seen before it is as if those who have moved on have created space and you can see the light in the dense jungle the Lord your God would say don't let your heart be burdened but have faith and see that I am moving in a deep and in a powerful way and I am about says God to show you the deep things of the Holy Spirit and you will see glimpses of heaven in the days and months and years ahead so have faith says God today is not a day that is the end of your experience this is the beginning of a whole new chapter in your life embrace the future says the Lord your God because the new year that is about to come will be a year of promise a year of blessing and a year of deep fulfillment says the Lord your God this is the word of the Lord amen praise God I feel the Lord is just saying to um, some of us here as well who've come forward on that on that issue that even as the enemy has come against you and has removed people from your lives and I feel God is saying it is an evil thing that the Lord has removed some but the promise of God for you today and I want you to hear it if you have the ears to hear what you have lost God is going to make up the difference amen what you have lost the Lord is going to do something powerful and the Lord would say he will restore to you the years the locusts have eaten so into every future here we pray restoration we pray oh God a feast instead of a famine oh Lord let the seven years of famine end and let the barns be filled Come Holy Spirit and release our brothers and sisters into the fullness of what you've promised. In Jesus' name and God's people said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. We give these guys a round of applause. It takes courage to admit that. God bless you guys. We're going to end now. We've got coffee and tea up in the atrium. The band are going to play us out. Thank you everyone for coming. We look forward to seeing you during the week and next week. Over to Roll and the team. Let's praise God. That is who you are. That is who you are.